0: The Johnson Wax program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coats present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn with music for the King's Band and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with It's Fun to Be Free. Why do you say it's my duty to conserve my things, make my chairs and icebox and linoleum last longer? I had a lady ask me that question last week. Maybe it's been in your mind, too. Well, the answer is simple. Making an icebox or a chair or a piece of linoleum takes materials and labor. Servicing them takes labor, too. Now, is it more important for these materials and man hours to be used in making articles for your home or planes and tanks and ships? Well, the answer is really simple. That's why the government and businessmen both keep telling us, take better care of the things you have, make them last. And that's why I add, wax your things to make them last longer, to protect them against wear. There are over 100 uses for Johnson's Wax in your home. Your floors, furniture, woodwork, your leather goods, enameled surfaces, windowsills, lampshades. Wax them for protection, for beauty, for labor saving with genuine Johnson's Wax Polish. at 79 for Vista have settled down to the usual. And here in the living room... Oh, excuse me. There's the phone for either Fibber McGee or Molly.
1: Answered, McGee. It's probably for you.
2: You answered. It's probably for you. I'm way ahead in this game and I think I can beat this guy.
1: What guy? Me.
2: I'm playing solitaire. <laughs> now, let me see. The red ace can go... Oh, over.
1: dear. Mm-hmm. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly Five McGee speaking Who? That's what well, heavenly days, Otis mm-hmm. Oh,
2: Otis Cadwallader? Why, that... What's he doing? What does he want? Where
1: are you, Otis? At the railroad station Well, can't you drop out and see us a few minutes?
2: If that guy steps one big foot in our front door I'll pin his ears back so far he'll have to wear a snood
1: <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry you can't come out and see us, Otis Next time you come through Wistful Vista Plan on staying a few days Hey, cut that out
2: Tell him to climb back on that train. They never start without a jerk anyway.
1: Yes. Well, it was so sweet of you to call, Otis. It really was. McGee's going to be terribly disappointed that he didn't see you.
2: Oh, I can master my grief, baby.
1: Yes, Otis, and thank you so much for calling. Yes, have a nice trip. Goodbye.
2: I hope he has a nice trip at the top of a flight of stairs. (laughs) A lug. Out of 130 million people in this country, he has to call us up. Oh,
1: stop it, dearie. Otis is a very nice boy, and you know him. Mm -hmm. He was one of your friends in high school.
2: He was just a casual acquaintance. I only knew him not to speak to. (laughs) Rat.
1: Well, I think it was very nice of him to call us up. You're just jealous of him because he used to be one of my boyfriends. (laughs) I
2: ain't either jealous. Him and his raccoon coat and Stutz Bearcat. (laughs) This old man that was worth a million bucks. What did he have that I didn't have?
1: A raccoon coat, a Stutz Bearcat, and a million bucks.
2: (laughs) He was a dirty little snob, and you know it. I despise that guy. Well,
1: stop scowling at the telephone calm yourself.
2: Okay, but don't invite him out here, ever. I don't want him around.
1: McGee, for goodness sakes, don't get so wrought up.
2: Well... You
1: know this doesn't mean anything to me. Well... But I had to be polite to him, didn't I?
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have to be polite to him. That fellow could be in the army right now, except a wolf don't belong in a foxhole. <laughs>
1: and besides that... Oh, my goodness. I wonder if he changed his mind and came out for a while. How does my hair look?
2: He won't remember your Kimberly's own. <laughs> Let him in, and I'll go to work on him.
1: Well, you answer the door, McGee. I'll run up and change my dress.
2: Hey, don't change your dress just that. Right. Hey, hey, Martha. Oh, sure. If this is Cadwallader, I'll put the chill on him so fast he'll go out of here on snowshoes.
3: <laughs>
2: Come in. Now, look here, Cadwallader. Hi, you...
4: mister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sis. What you looking so mad about, mister?
2: I was expecting to welcome an unwelcome visitor, sis. Who? Oh, just an old acquaintance. Oh. And if anybody asks you, should old acquaintance be forgot, in this case, the answer is yes.
5: <laughs> Why?
2: Because in this case, sis, the old acquaintance is a drip of the first water.
5: <laughs>
2: Frankly, he's a character which would steal the raisins out of your ice pudding.
4: Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't care. I don't like raisins. Oh,
2: you ought to like raisins, sis. They're full of iron. Don't you know the human body couldn't survive without minerals?
4: Sure. Everybody's chuck full of minerals. Uh-huh. My daddy says my mama has a heart of gold, Uncle Harry has the soul of a copper, and you're the brassiest man he ever knew.
2: You <laughs> no old man better lay off the wisecrack, sis. One of these days you'll hear somebody's knuckles knocking on his front teeth.
4: Oh, yeah? afraid of you, I betcha.
2: He said you'd be a sucker for a left hook. Oh. <laughs> oh, is that so? Well, you tell that old man of yours... Say, that... listen.
4: He used to be a prize fighter, he did. Oh, he did.
2: Oh, he did. <laughs> well, you tell that old man of yours that I know he's just kidding. I can take a joke. I got one. You got what? <laughs> a
4: joke.
2: <laughs> is it fit for my ears, sis? <laughs>
4: Well, it's a big joke,
2: if that's what you mean. Okay, well, huh? Oh, well, go ahead. Probably won't be any worse than we'll hear in the next 20 minutes anyway.
4: <laughs> okay, you ready? Ready. Why are fire engines red?
2: Well, Miss Bones, why are fire engines red?
4: Because two times six is twelve. There's twelve inches in a foot. A foot is a ruler. Queen Mary was a ruler. And Queen Mary was a boat. A boat crosses the ocean. The ocean is full of herring. Herring rhymes with Gering. Gering is a Nazi. The Russians chase the Nazis. Russians are red. Fire engines are always Russian, so fire engines are red, I betcha.
2: Six dozen herrings cross the ocean. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Two times six is twelve. Twelve men on the jury. Fire engine goes rushing fast. Garing is a herring.
1: McGee, <laughs> what are you muttering about?
2: Oh, I'm just trying to remember something, is all. Hey, are you sure Otis Cadwalader isn't coming out here tonight?
1: Quite certainly. His train was leaving in ten minutes. Say, I hope he doesn't think we brushed him off.
2: I don't care what Cadwalder thinks. If he does, which I doubt. When brains were passed out, he must have been behind the door That guy's got such a low forehead, he uses his mustache for eyebrows
1: (laughs) Now, he isn't so bad In fact, he was voted the handsomest man in the senior class, you remember?
2: Sure, I remember, and who counted the votes? The class secretary And who was the class secretary?
1: Otis (laughs) Cadwallader The muzzler My goodness, what are you so bitter about? I don't remember that Otis ever did anything to you Well, I just don't like him Well, I gathered that. But he's probably miles away by this time, so shall we go to a movie or something?
2: Well, that's a good idea. What's at the Bijou?
1: Pride of the Yankees.
2: I didn't know they had any pride left.
1: (laughs) Well, they balanced the bill with Abbott and Costello. They're a couple of cards.
2: Oh, boy. (laughs) Are you thumping them in there tonight? Well,
1: wait till I get my hat. Oh, dear. Peek out and see who that is, McGee.
2: Mrs. Uppington.
1: I wonder what she wants.
2: I don't know. But we might as well invite her in. She'll stand out there till the cows come home, and I'm in no mood for milking.
1: <laughs> come in. Oh, well, if it isn't Abigail Uppington. Hello, Abigail, oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? Hello, Mr. McGee.
2: Hi, Abby. Won't you take a chair and let your hip hips surrey? <laughs>
1: McGee, I can't stay but a moment. Fine. I just wanted to tell you how sorry I was that you couldn't come to my party last night. It was my birthday, you know. Oh, McGee, do you hear that? Yesterday was Abigail's birthday. Well, what do you know? Why, I just can't imagine you a year older, Abigail. Uh, thank
2: you. Many happy returns, Eppie. I'm sorry I wasn't there to sample those birthday cakes cake, Mr.
1: McGee. There was only one. Oh. You mean they got all those candles on one cake? <laughs> How old would you say Abigail was, McGee? Well,
2: I was looking at her reflection in the mirror just now, and I'd have said she was about 27. Oh! <laughs> oh Mr.
1: McGee, isn't he sweet, my yeah. dear? 27?
6: Well, of course,
2: in a mirror, everything is reversed, so 27. <laughs>
1: be able to come to your next party, Abigail. So many of our friends... And... Oh,
7: that reminds me, speaking of your friends, guess who called me up from the railroad station this evening to say hello.
1: Not Otis Cadwallader. Oh,
2: my gosh. Do I have to hear about him again? Take my advice, Uppy, and don't have anything to do with that lint head. He's poisoned.
1: Oh, really, Miss McGee? I've met Mr. Cadwallader. I consider him a very charming gentleman from a fine old family, too. I always thought so, too, Abigail. Fine
2: old family, my clavicle. <laughs> They're selling his family tree in the petrified forest for two bits of (laughs) honey. Oh, this is the only sap that didn't congeal.
1: Now, take it easy, McGee. Take it easy and open the door for Mrs. Uppington if you must go,
7: Abigail. Uh, yes,
6: yes, indeed. I, um, I
1: just wanted to say that we missed you last night.
2: Incidentally, Uppy, not that I want to be inquisitive, but how many
1: candles were
2: there on that cake?
1: Well, it was strictly in accordance with the conservation program, Mr. McGee. Oh. No one you know is supposed to go over 35. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. You know, McGee, I'm very fond of Abigail in a cautious kind of way. Yeah.
2: But remember how she was always kind of incinerating that we were unfit to associate with
1: you mean insinuating, dear?
2: I don't either. Insinuating means something that makes uh, something reasonable, like insinuating circumstances.
1: No. <laughs> that's extenuating.
2: Go on. Extenuating means sticking out.
1: <laughs> oh, you're thinking of extending.
2: Well, then what does incinerating mean?
1: Burning. Well, that's
2: what I said. <laughs> you always had me burning the way she used to incinerate that we weren't the kind of people that were fit to <laughs> Folks, say, I've got some news for you.
4: You have, Mr.
1: Wilcox? What is it? If
2: you mean that new mustache of yours, Junior, it's no news. (laughs) I saw
0: it last week. (laughs) Just barely.
1: Oh, I think it's very becoming on you, Mr. Wilcox.
0: Thanks, Molly. But about my news... I was downtown a little while ago to see the freight agent about a shipment of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat from Racine. I bet and... you
2: told him how it was so easy to apply and saved hours of housework and was particularly important right now when it's our duty to conserve and preserve
0: things because it gives new life to linoleum and...
1: McGee, quiet.
0: But he's Good right, thing. Molly. How'd you know I told the freight agent that, February? you tell everybody.
1: <laughs> You're a
2: regular
0: old gossip about go-coats. <laughs> Can't you
2: think of anything else?
0: Baseball, golf, the latest books, or football? Ah, football. That's for me. Football is my dish. See, Molly, he has his human side.
1: Oh, you like football, Miss Wilcox?
0: I love it. Why, when those little tads come trooping into the house after an afternoon of football in a dirty corner lot, think how easy it is for Mother to simply wipe up those muddy footprints with a damp cloth. If the kitchen linoleum has been protected with Johnson's glow coat. Boy, I I think football is the greatest character building. Whoa, Junior. Hall. I'm sorry I brought it up.
1: Say, uh, what was the great news you had for us, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah.
0: News? Oh, well, when I was talking to the freight agent, who do you suppose got off the train? Otis Cadwallader. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cadwallader
0: again. That's a guy I strictly despise, Wilcox. You do? I always liked Otis myself. What's the matter with him?
1: Oh, he is nice. McGee's just jealous of him, Mr. Wilcox. Well, darn it, I am not jealous. I don't
2: like him because he's too egotistical. Always talking about himself. It's I, 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 all the time.
0: I don't trust a guy whose eyes are so close together.
5: <laughs>
0: okay, okay. You don't have to like him on my account. I just thought I'd mention seeing him.
1: Well, it was nice of you to tell us, Miss Wilcox. Say, would you care to go to the movie with us?
0: I'm sorry, but I can't, Molly. Thanks. I'm meeting my wife at the beauty parlor.
1: Oh, oh. is she getting a permanent?
0: No, she's going to pick me up there. I'm having my mustache trimmed.
1: Oh. Go <laughs> You no, know, he looks pretty good with a mustache. At that, yeah, but I don't know why women like men who wear them. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't like to be kissed and brushed off at the same time.
5: <laughs>
2: now,
1: come on, get your hat and let's go.
2: Okay, the windows all
1: locked. Yeah. Well, maybe I better go and see. Even though our sugar is in the jar marked salt, you never can tell when somebody might. Oh dear, come in. Hello, there, kids. Hey, I just seen a friend of yours down at the depot. Her name's yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, we know Mr. Oldtimer. Thank you just the same. And his name is Otis Cadwallader. And
2: his name is Mud, for my money. And he's no friend of mine, Oldtimer. I haven't got any use for him. That so? Seems like a genteel young feller to me, Johnny. A mighty nice-spoken
1: man. I always thought so, too.
2: Sure. He's a nice-spoken guy. It's always the clunks that haven't got anything to say that are so careful how they say it. <laughs> Give me a guy that blurts
1: things out. That's the kind they gave me. <laughs>
6: Sorry, kid. I knew you knew this, feller, so I thought I'd let you know.
1: Well, it was very nice of you to tell us, Mr. Oldtimer, but he called us up from the station. Yeah, and I hope
2: the thread broke when he tried to pull his nickel back, too. (laughs) Cheap tin horn sport.
6: You really got a hate on for him, ain't you, Johnny?
1: (laughs) He gets under McGee's skin, Mr. Oldtimer. And if you'll notice his skin, you can see it's too tight for more than one person.
5: (laughs)
6: That's pretty awful, daughter. <laughs> but the way I hear it is even worse. <laughs> the way I hear it, one feller says, tell the other says, says that Fibber McGee and Molly program is that weekly. Well, says tell the feller, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Kid in the course, Johnny. Grandpa enjoys your show a lot. What does your grandfather do, old-timer? Uh, he's a crystal gazer, Johnny.
1: Oh. oh, you mean he tells fortune? No, no,
6: no. He just gazes at his crystal and says, I don't hear these programs as clear as I used to. Maybe I better get me a battery set. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Kingman's
3: pension for Navy, from Alaska to Suez, in the Marines or in the Air Corps, every man has a message for you fellows at home. Here it is what he says Please won't you leave my girl alone. Please won't you leave my girl alone. I'm far away in the Army and she is all I've got. I'm far away in the army and though she cares a lot I'm far away in the army and you're Johnny on the spot Please won't you leave my girl alone Mary Lou, that guy next door to you I'm writing him a big long letter I know him and he knows you But I don't want him to know you any better Now all your three A's and four F's Be careful what you do You'll stay away from my girl at home, and I'll agree that when I see that Mademoiselle from Armantiers, I'll bring her back to you. I'm Mademoiselle from Armantiers, Parley boo ta da da da, Every time I fall march, I march another mile away. So buddy, if you're a buddy of mine, then all that I can say is please, won't oh. you leave my girl alone? Hasn't got a heart of stone. I'm far away in Australia, and she's my guiding star. While I'm away in Australia, don't carry things too far. Remember, I'm in Australia, thanks to her and FDR. Please, 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 won't you leave my girl alone.
2: Please note my very gentle tone. He's mighty full of devotion Cause I'm the only one Says who? Now don't be
3: getting the notion That something can be done Says you? Remember when I come marching home I'm coming with my gun (laughs) Says me! Now!
1: At the door, McGee. We never will get to the movie this way. I wonder who this is.
2: Well, probably some other busybody to tell us they saw old Worm-faced Cadwalder at the station. <laughs>
1: Come in. Oh, Mayor Latrivia.
8: Good evening, Mrs. McGee. I won't stay but a minute. I see you were going out. Hello, McGee. Hi, Trivia, old man. You come for some advice about running the city or something? Well, sir, in the first place, our water system... No, I don't need any of your advice, McGee. I merely want an opinion.
1: Well, he's just as free with opinions as he is with advice, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Give the mayor an opinion, dearie.
8: Why, certainly. Now,
1: my opinion of our traffic
8: lights, Trivia. Uh, that yes. isn't what I want an opinion on, McGee. Oh, uh, would it be too much to ask for you to keep
1: quiet a moment? Uh, what is it, Mr. Mayor? I want to start a citywide... Yes, a
8: statewide campaign against hoarding. I want to tell our citizens that we've got a hard and bitter war ahead of us. And it's got to be one for all and all for one and not every man for himself. That's (laughs) very good. And my opinion... I want to tell our people that it's not only unpatriotic, but downright stupid to rush out and load up on things every time there's a rumor of a shortage or news of rationing. Hoarding sometimes causes a shortage of things that otherwise might be plentiful. If we're going to do our fair share in this fight... We've got to take only our fair share of available commodities.
1: Well, I think you're perfectly right, Mr.
8: Mayor. You think that message all up by yourself, patricia <laughs> Yes, yes, I did, McGee. I have a knack for that sort of thing, you know.
1: Oh, isn't that wonderful? Oh, yeah.
8: so, for me, it's quite simple, Mrs. McGee. As easy as kicking a little puppy off the sidewalk.
1: <laughs>
8: what you did? Did what?
1: What kind of a puppy was it?
2: You ought to be ashamed of yourself. A man in your position kicking a little
8: dog around like that. I didn't kick any
2: dog.
1: Well, puppy then. After all, a puppy is a dog. But
8: I didn't kick any puppies. I merely used it as an illustration of how easy it was to do something.
2: Well, all I gotta say is any man who finds it easy to kick a
8: poor little puppy... But I didn't
2: kick any puppies.
8: There wasn't any puppies. It was just an expression.
1: I'll bet his expression was pretty pathetic when you kicked him, too. (laughs) To me, a man who doesn't love dogs... But I do love dogs. I have three dogs of my own. I wouldn't harm
8: the hair of a dog's head we didn't say you kicked him in the head
5: <laughs>
2: that would be too brutal even for you now we won't report this incident to the SPCA but in the future if I ever hear of you kicking a puppy off the side
1: sidewalk... I tell you I didn't
8: kick any puppy I'm not a man who goes about mistreating animals and I would uh-huh.
1: Oh, so you don't consider kicking a puppy mistreatment? Of course it is. Ah, then you admit it.
8: Certainly. I mean, no, I
3: don't.
8: I mean, I admit that kicking a puppy is mistreatment, but I don't admit that I have a descendant Never mind.
6: <laughs>
8: Let me out of here.
3: Where are you going?
6: I'm going out and find a puppy and kick it off the sidewalk! <laughs>
1: You think he really is? Of
2: course not. is a very tender-hearted guy. He <laughs> wouldn't do that.
1: I guess you're right. Well, come on, let's go to the movies.
2: Oh, we can still get good seats, wouldn't we?
1: Oh, that's what you said the last time. Yeah. And we sat so far back in the balcony, hop along Cassidy, looked like he was riding a mouse. <laughs>
2: okay, I'm ready. What night is this at the Bijou? Prosperity Club, bingo, free dishes, or door prize?
1: None of them. <laughs> This is the night they have the good picture. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. I want to see. Well, I guess fate doesn't want us to see a movie uh, tonight. Come in.
7: Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Oh, hi, Wimp.
1: Hello, Mr. Wimple. We were just going out to the movie. You want to go with us?
7: Oh, thank you ever so much. But, sweetie, Faith <laughs> doesn't approve of me going to the movies without him.
2: Oh, oh come on. You're of age, Wimp.
1: <laughs> Why does she
7: object, Mr. Wimple? Oh, she says I always get into some kind of
1: trouble.
7: <laughs> Last time I got so excited at a picture I swallowed the prize in my caramel popcorn. <laughs> heavenly days,
1: what was
7: it? I think it was a little bitty whistle, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> because every time I coughed a boy would hand me a newspaper or a taxi cab before. <laughs> and once a girl slapped my face. <laughs> Oh, was I ever embarrassed, I'll say.
1: <laughs> say, look, why don't you call your wife and ask her to go to the movies with us, Mr. Wimple?
7: Oh, thank you, Mrs. McGee, but this is Sweetie Face's class night. Oh. She's teaching a regiment of commandos how to fight dirty. <laughs> with a
5: knee
7: in your back and a thumb in your eye, eh, Wimp? Where'd she ever learn those tactics? Oh, she just picked them up. Mm-hmm. She goes to all the dollar day sales. <laughs>
5: But say,
7: I almost forgot forgot what, Mr. Wimple. What I came in here for. I met a man at the railroad station who wanted me to give you his regards. His name was Otis Cadwallader.
2: That guy again. That snake. That weasel.
7: That dirty little snob. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Doesn't he like Mr. Cadwallader, Mrs. McGee?
1: Well, what do you think?
2: Wimple, if you ever mention that nincompoop's name to me again, so help me, I'll choke you with your own spinal cord.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Just as you say, sweetie face. I mean, Mr.
1: McGee. My
7: goodness. What did he ever do to you? Well,
1: he didn't do anything, Mr. Wimple. McGee has always been jealous of Otis. I am not
2: jealous. I just don't
1: like him. I despise him. I hate him. But why? Yes, I'm beginning to wonder that myself, McGee. Well. What is all this raving and ranting? Well. Why do you hate Otis Cadwallader so much?
2: Well... <laughs> Well, what? Well, I borrowed ten bucks from him once and never paid it back.
0: so many women wishing they could be doing something more to help in the war. I usually ask them, are you feeding your family good nourishing food to keep them healthy and strong for war work? Are you keeping yourself and your home attractive? Are you cooperating with the government in things like salvage and taking good care of your things? If you are, don't worry, you're helping a great deal. Because if each of us keeps his own house in order, the whole country moves forward. At this point, may I suggest that one easy way to take better care of your things is by protecting them with Johnson's Wax Polishes. Floors, furniture, and woodwork are not only made beautiful, they're actually safeguarded by occasional waxing. Wax your windowsills, too, and your shoes and luggage. In fact, there are over 100 labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax in your home alone.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we just got a wire from RKO telling us that our new picture, here we go again, with Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, Gildersleeve, Mrs. Uppington, Wallace Wimple, and Jenny Sims, will open at 9.30 a.m. Saturday morning, October 10th, in RKO Theatres. Tickets are on sale now at RKO Theatres from coast to coast.
1: Oh, say, McGee, did they leave you in that jitterbug dance I do with Otis Cadwallader?
2: Cadwallader,
1: that rat, that dirty... McGee. Huh? Not now, the show's over. Oh, oh, yes. Good night. Good night, all. (laughs)
0: The characters of the old-timer and Wallace Wimple heard on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program has reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.